Hello, and welcome to the Antioch Fort Worth weekly podcast. At Antioch, our desire is to cultivate a passion for Jesus and his purposes on the earth. To connect with us in community, partner with us through giving, or visit on a Sunday morning, please visit AntiochFortWorth.com. We hope you enjoy this week's sermon from lead pastor Jamie Miller. We are starting a new series, four parts, one, two, three, four, chapter one, chapter two, chapter three. Chapter four. <laughs> okay, that's Philippians. And before we, well, I actually want us to, one of the ideas we had in our sermon planning time was to uh, actually read scripture, like read each chapter uh, before starting to preach. So we're going to do that in just a second. And I want to read from First Timothy chapter four, verse 13, which is kind of why we want to do this. Um, Paul says to Timothy, until I come, devote yourself to the public reading of scripture to preaching, and to teaching. So if you would stand up and you want to open your Bibles to Philippians chapter 1, we're going to read the whole chapter together. And, and uh, so, so here's what I want to do. For some of us, just following along on the screen is fine or looking at the script. I love having my Bible open, looking at the page you know, the, of Scripture. Um, but some of us, you may want to close your eyes from time to time and just imagine what's going on. Engage the right side of your brain as well here because Paul's writing from prison in Rome. And so the joy that he's experiencing and expressing from a prison cell gets clearer as we think deeply about this. So let's, let's read together. Father, bless the reading of your word in the name of our Lord Jesus. We pray together. Amen. And also, I want to say, when we finish, I will say, this is the Word of God. And you guys say, thanks be to God. Okay, here we go. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus at Philippi, together with the overseers and deacons, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. And being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. For whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer, that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless until the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Now I want you to know, brothers, and what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel. As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone that I am in chains for Christ. Because of my chains, most of the brothers in the Lord have been encouraged to speak the word of God more courageously and fearlessly. It is true, some preach Christ out of, out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so in love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice. 
For I know that through your prayers and the help given by the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I'm to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet what shall I choose? I do not know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart, to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far. But it is necessary for you that I remain in the body. And convinced of this, I know that I will remain. And I will continue with all of you for your progress and joy in the faith. So that through my being with you again, your joy in Christ Jesus will overflow on account of me. And whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then whether I come and see you or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel, without being frightened in any way by those who oppose you. This is a sign to them that they will be destroyed, but that you will be saved, and that by God. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe on Him, but also to suffer for Him. Since you are going through the same struggle you saw I had, and now hear that I still have. This is the Word of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Be seated. Okay, so next four weeks, overflowing is what we're calling this series, overflowing. We're going to be looking at overflowing joy this week, overflowing humility, overflowing purpose, overflowing peace, all during these next few weeks. And the context is really interesting. We've got some great context about the letter to the Philippians because you remember in Acts chapter 16, Paul and Silas they were on a missionary journey and they were trying to go to this one place and God said no. Then they tried to go in another direction. God said no. They tried to go in another direction. God said no. And then Paul has a vision of a guy over in Macedonia, which is across the water, over in Europe, going, you know, come, come over here. Come over here. And so he translates that and says, God's calling us to Europe. God's calling us to Macedonia. And they end up in Philippi. And they go there and they're looking for a place to pray. And they go down by the river, and there they find Lydia and some of her friends and her household, and they lead them to the Lord Jesus. And they're baptized. And Lydia says, come back to my house. And so they have church in Lydia's house. That's how the whole thing gets going. And then they're leading people to the Lord, but then they get into some trouble. I'm not going to go into the whole story. They cast a demon out of a girl. They get thrown in jail, though. And they're in their midnight, Paul and Silas, they're praising God like we all would be at midnight in a jail cell. Hallelujah. And earthquake comes. The jail doors are open. The jailer's about to kill himself. Paul says, don't do that. No. He, he says, what do I do to be saved? Believe on the Lord Jesus, you and your whole household, and you'll be saved. And so they believe and they're baptized, his whole family. And so this church is growing and flourishing. They get out of jail. They go on their way. Huge part. We know that much. That's who these guys are. The Philippians. The Philippians. They're Macedonians. Get another little picture from 2 Corinthians chapters 8 and 9, and Paul is exhorting the Corinthians to be givers. I want you to be givers. And you should take a, a cue from the example of the Macedonians. These guys are radical givers. Out of their extreme poverty, they gave, and they gave, and they gave again. Paul's in jail here, just as a reminder. In jail in the first century, they didn't, the jailers didn't bring food and slide it under the door. If you got food, you were going to get food because somebody came and brought it to you. 
That's the way it worked. So, uh, you know, he was dependent on other people for bringing him food. And then there's this, 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 uh, this, the, the truth there that these guys are, they're radical givers. And I want to just make that point. They're radical givers. They've learned how to give. And that's a big part of Paul's partnership with them. At the end, he says, man, thank you so much for your gifts. And there's, there's a piece of this. And the reason I'm telling some of the background and the story is I look at the letter to the Philippians and I see Paul exhorting people to joy that he's rejoicing. And where is he at? He's in jail. He's in chains. And yet something's going on on the inside of him. And the question that hits me as I'm looking at this is, what kind of story is going on where it makes sense for Paul to be rejoicing like that even though he's in jail? And rejoicing and encouraging this church. What kind of story is going on? It's like that famous theologian Samwise Gamgee said at one point when he said, Oh, Frodo, I wonder what kind of tale it is that we've fallen into. And Frodo says, Yes, I wonder. You know, and <laughs> the story, like here, I wonder, what, what is this? What kind of story is this? We had a guy come to this discipleship school is a longtime friend and is a professor out at Abilene Christian and and uh, started a church that some of our guys were uh, d- discipled in Abilene Mission Church many years ago and and uh, but he came and he said you know the story can really be broken down into just three simple parts and it goes like this in the beginning was joy and in the end there will be even greater joy And in the middle, we're invited into the joy of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So that's kind of the story. And think about it like this. Joy is the culture of love. So you hear love being talked about in this chapter. May your love abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight. I long for you with the affection, with the this deep love down in here, the affection of Christ Jesus. That's what's going on. He knows the Father's love. May grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And I'm getting help right now from the Spirit of Jesus Christ. It's all there, right? And so joy, when we start getting baptized and immersed in the love of God, in the triune relational love of God, when we start getting in on that thing, then what starts happening is joy. Joy is the culture of love. When we're just expressing love to each other, it's not a bummer. Like joy starts bubbling up when there's real love being expressed. And when it's not coming from our limited, got a few pieces of the pie, just I'm trying to eke out something to give to people. Here, Melanie, you take this. And here, Roger, I got a little bit for you. Just, it's not much, just a pinch. There's some for you. And I can't, I can't do that right now. I'm getting weary. I'm tired. I'm worn out. But instead, if you've got a nonstop, infinite Niagara source of love flowing through you, then you can graciously give that love to others. And joy, joy is the result. Okay, so that's what's, that's what's going on. Um, you know, the, the baptism of Jesus, when the Father says, this is my Son whom I love. What's happening in the baptism of Jesus? I just want to hit this so we're getting it. Heaven is opened. Heaven opened and the father expresses love to the son in the fullness of the spirit that's what's going on in heaven and that's what god wants to bring to the earth makes sense so joy is the culture of love love is giving 
and receiving and expressing gratitude. That's what that's what's going on there. Uh, it's what's going on here in this passage in Second Corinthians nine, uh, and even here too. The, these words for giving and receiving and thanksgiving it's all a form of the same word grace charis you know it's these different forms of this uh, thanksgiving eucharista it's where we get the word eucharist from right and so all of that's when, when that's going on it's heaven coming onto earth it's it's the father giving the son giving receiving the spirit you know and it's us being in the image of that relational god of love so whenever we feel the pleasure of God, like, ooh, man, there's something right about what we're doing relationally here. It's just us being in the image of this God. It's, it's, it's heaven. It's heaven getting opened up and this becoming a thin place where heaven really touches earth. And that's what we want to be all, 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 all about. Grace is flowing in the letter to the Philippians. It's the grace of God. It's something that we all need. Everybody needs overflowing love and overflowing joy. Amen. That's where you, amen. Guys, it went yesterday. Amen. We all need this. We need friends. We need people, partners, partnerships. The, the word there, it's koinonia. We, we need fellowship with others. You know, that we're on the journey of life with and on the mission of God with. And uh, we need this. We need people to share with. We need, a, we, we need purpose in our own lives, a passion for Jesus that rejoices whenever and wherever He is preached. We'll talk more about that in just a second. We, we need people that we're helping to grow that are outside of just us and our deal. There's something very fulfilling and joy bringing to help others, to serve others. But when we're in the limited small piece of the pie thing, it's hard to imagine that sometimes, but it's the truth. And so we need a purpose beyond our hardships and the trials that we go through. And the important thing to remember is we're going through Philippians. Remember, in all of this, he's writing from jail. He's writing. So joy, joy, joy. Down in my heart. It's random. I don't know. But but that's that is pretty good, isn't it? Somebody, somebody unpack we unpack. I got the joy. It's down in there because of him. And it's because of Jesus. And so the last two weeks, what have we talked about? Victory on Easter, the victory of Jesus, and the ongoing victory of Jesus last week. And who can do this? I mean, can college students do it because they're just really sharp? Can young adults do it because they've kind of figured out a little bit more or the more mature ones of us in this room? Only one person can live the Christian life. It's Jesus. <laughs> we live by His life. That's the victory. And that's how this whole thing happens. So, so uh, yeah, He's riding from jail with chains on and he's still joyful. We're going to see that this morning. And I, I wanted to throw that in because that's so helpful if you ever feel the temptation to criticize someone else because of their joy. You ever, anybody ever done that? You're, you're bummed and you want everybody just... If I could just... You're like really happy. If I could just drag you down here with me, that would be better. Anybody ever done that? 
I know it's awkward. I'm not, it's it's awkward thinking about that. I've done it. (laughs) Gee, you've done it. Okay. So here's the main thing today. If I had one soundbite, God's calling us to express a culture of joy, a culture of overflowing joy that marks us and touches the world around us. I am unabashedly calling us to joy. I think Paul's calling us to joy. I think through his example and through his words, he's calling us to joy. There is hope beyond the hopelessness today. There's hope. There really is. And, and it's all in Jesus. So four things. We'll just move through these. Obviously, I'm not going to go verse, you know, word by word, but just four points. Here we go. Number one, God's calling us, first of all, to joy in partnership with others. Joy in partnership. And again, he says there, I've always prayed with joy because of your partnership, your, the fellowship that we've had together, the giving, the receiving, the, the praising God that comes out of our relationship, your gifts to me, but also the, the, the gospel that I've shared with you. So love is the act of giving and receiving and offering thanksgiving. That's just one other way of defining this. And again, pointing to what Paul did for the, just in describing to the Corinthians, this is how you love. You love like the Philippians. You love like the Macedonians. They figured this thing out. It's through sharing with other people. It's really, there's practical, hey, <coughs> excuse me, hands on the ground expressions. Um, practical hands on the ground expressions of, of how, we, how we do this. And we sense the pleasure of God when we do this, when we give, when we give radically, when we give sacrificially, when we receive. You know, one of the things, uh, we had this little shower for uh, Matthew and Julia yesterday, and uh, I'll give it up for an awesome fiance, soon-to-be daughter-in-law. And, uh, but we had this shower, and, and it was going to be outside at the, at the Browns' house, and this weather came in. It was windy, like 25 miles an hour wind. And we had to move the whole thing inside. And Kim was like, Jamie, I'm causing, this is causing so much problem for the hostesses. And we had like the A-team hostesses, you know, bringing their galvanized this and that. That I didn't know. She showed me this text. and said, see, they're, they're all together. Galvanized, not stainless. Does everybody know what galvanized is? It's like some stuff you bring to showers that are like pails and things. But it's not shiny. It, it's galvanized. <laughs> to move on, okay. Um, I was telling a story about something. Uh, uh, what was that? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she was, she was like she, getting anxious because there was plans and they were having to set up in the house and move all the furniture and all the stuff. And, and I said, honey, you are going to have to receive on this deal. So sometimes it's us giving, but then... Sometimes it's receiving, you know, and that's, that's, hard. that's hard sometimes. But love is giving and receiving and expressing gratitude. Thank you, by the way, again, one more time. Uh, man, so, so this is joy in partnership with others. You know, it's like, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to go on. Just, I'll, say, I'll say one other thing. I, was, I loved meeting your family. You know, that was our first time to get to meet them. And, but we, we wanted them to know, too, just the love that we have here. We wanted them to be welcomed into that and to see that, to see the partnership 
that we have together as God's people in this place, you know, and it was fun. There was a, there was a dance off that was pretty out there at the end. We have some really not serious dancers. No, it was funny. It was, we have some fun dancers. Okay. And there were, there was nothing to encourage that other than an MC that was saying who's next on the dance floor. I'm moving on. Second point. God's calling us to joy in partnership. So there really should be joy in partnership. And then also joy in preaching, sharing with others. So Paul starts this thing out and he says, look, you know, everybody knows that I'm here. I'm in jail. The whole palace guard, they know because I'm preaching Christ. And so that's a good thing. And then then he goes on and talks about some people are preaching Christ for good motives. And then some people are preaching Christ out of bad motives for selfish ambition and this kind of thing. And Paul, you know, it's really interesting. He doesn't get on to, he doesn't like say, tell them to stop. Or he says, but what does it matter? Even though they're doing it from the wrong motives, what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. And what Paul, you know, if we can see that Jesus Christ is the greatest treasure in all, of the li- in all of life, in all of the universe, ever and ever, forever and ever and ever and ever, then when we hear Jesus lifted up, we're not trying to, it's not like, well, do you think the right thing? What's your place and balance on free will and, and predestination? And, and do, do you have it just figured out exactly right? And we're walking around, hmm, huh. You know, what we need to do is be like Paul. Paul had joy that people were preaching Jesus Christ. False motives are true. And, I mean, there's some great stuff happening in the city right now with the pastors. I mean, it's, it's cool. We, we're expressing love for each other and praying together and just working on some different things, eating meals together and stuff. And, 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 and rather than be focused on the little differences that we have, which are the point something percent of differences where Jesus Christ is being proclaimed as Lord, man, I'm, I'm excited about that. And I'm saying, Lord, more. Let's do it. Let's, let's see your glory and your reign and your life and your love and your greatness and goodness and kindness come to Fort Worth and this region and the nation and the nations in the name of Jesus. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you know, we... It, it's interesting the joy that we have in preaching and in sharing the Lord Jesus with others. Uh, How many of you guys in the church right now that are sitting here have been on a mission trip somewhere to another part of the world to share Jesus? Just look around. It's a bunch of us. And the joy that there's just something like, I think I shared this about Tijuana. I was in that, in that little park thing and shared the Lord with that guy. And he said yes and wanted to pray to receive the Lord. And we prayed. And then he just said, praise Jesus, praise Jesus. Thank you. I love you. I love you. I love Jesus. And started jumping up and down and wanted me to hug him and you know, kind of jump up and down with him a little bit. And that's awesome. you know. But there's people right here in our own city too. That what, Part of what happens when we go on a pilgrimage, like a mission trip, it engages our hearts to be looking for people in a focused way. And that's what we want to do in our own city. We want to share and multiply the life of Christ right here in our own city through new disciples and new life groups getting going and even seeing this church reproduce uh, over and over again. So joy in preaching. The third one then is God's calling us to joy 
in the progress of others. Okay, so he goes on there and he says, look, I'm, I'm rejoicing. Whether I live or die, I want Christ to be glorified in my life. For to me, verse 21, to live is Christ, to die is gain. If I'm to go on living, it's fruitful labor. And I, it's like I'm, I'm excited about being with Jesus because that's better by far, but I'm convinced that I'm supposed to be with you guys. I'm supposed to stay. And this is why he says that. He says, I know that I'll stay for your progress and joy in the faith. So that through my being with you again, your joy in Christ Jesus will overflow on account of me. So what we're going for here is this, uh, the victory that we've been talking about, the victory of Jesus. It's not just for us. It's for other people. And part of the greatest fulfillment that we have in life isn't just that we get it together, but that we get it together kind of enough that we've got some space for other people in our lives. Some margin. There's some white around our lives so that we can intentionally give something to other people. That we can lay down our lives so that others can get in on this. So that others can get in on this joy that, that is so life-changing. The critical part of this, though, is we have to, we've got to get out of the limited pie mentality. The, there's just a few pieces of the pie, and I'm kind of doing this out of my own strength. You cannot do it. It's a shipwreck trying to do it out of your own strength. It's just, again, we're back to the, you know, I'm going to give you a little pinch and you a little pinch, and sorry, it's the best I can do, you know? And so we want to be filled and flowing with God's love flowing through us so that we've got, so that we've got something, you know, to give. Paul's found this life, and this life is in Jesus. And uh, I think the question that I asked myself when I was reading through this the other day was, what happens in the atmosphere? Imagine you arrive somewhere. You weren't there, but now you've arrived. And your arriving means joy for everybody who's there. Oh, man, that's, that's good. I want to get there with you because when I arrive there with you, it's going to be joy for you. Uh, who don't who do want to do that? Like, I, I want to, you guys are looking at me kind of funny right now, but I want to be that, that kind of person. I, I, I want to be a person that when I arrive, it brings joy. I, w- I want to be for other people. But to do that, there's got to be some margin in my world uh, we, uh, so that I can connect with God, so that I can connect with others, so that I can come in here and praise the Lord and worship the Lord. Anybody like that new song we sang this morning, the Lean Back? That's, I mean, you got, there's got to be some space. I'm going to stay still until I connect with you. Yeah, I want to do that. So we've been doing these uh, leadership roundtables. A different staff member will take a book and, and once a month we come together and eat lunch, sit around a few tables and, and talk about a book. And this past one was James talked about this. I'd heard about the book. I don't know that I've ever read it, but uh, how to win friends and influence people which I heard it kind of mocked when I was younger, like it's not spiritual and you're plasticky on the outside. But the truth is, a lot of those principles, if you were living out of the life of Jesus, then being concerned about other people is a big deal. It's not just because you're trying to impress them, but that's actually a pretty good way to live. Remember people's names because you love them, because you care about them, because they matter. I thought, oh, that's, that's good. No, that's, that's a good one. Or another one is talk less, listen more. 
it creates value in the other person. Right? Somebody, like, ooh, you're into psychology now. If I love out of the fullness of His love, then I want to listen to what's important to you. I want to care about what you have to say. Um, we went to the opposite side of that is we went to dinner the other night. We were sharing some fajitas and chips. Get a witness. Uh, and so uh, chips and fajitas. And, and I noticed this girl beside us. There was like three people in this, uh, maybe four. And this girl just was talking pretty loud. You know, we were hearing her opinions and things about stuff and everything. And 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 so that was at the start of the meal. We'd gotten there and she was, oh, I think blah, 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 blah. we need a blah, blah, blah. And that's a Washington and Texas government. You know. And uh, and so she's going on and, and I, I and so we, we we're eating our and then we're about done. We're finishing up, you know, that it's a single order of chicken fajitas and we get the extra tortilla so you make it four instead of three and <laughs> And like, who can eat one of those by themselves anyway, you know? And so, sorry. Um, and so it's 25, 30 minutes later, and she's still, Washington, and, uh, you know, and these people across from her are just like, I, who knows? They're probably neat people that had some stuff to say about life and things, but not tonight. That's right. Not tonight. And so they, they stood up, they gave her a quick hug, and you know, like, really? And we were like, wow. What's the point? The point is, people matter. And we want to live for the joy and the progress of others, not just ourselves. That's a Jesus, victory of Jesus kind of thing. That's what Paul's saying. I want to see your progress and your joy, and I know that when I'm coming there to be with you, it's going to bring you joy in Christ Jesus. That's what we want to do. I mean, I'm just, I, I feel like I almost need to apologize. I'm not, I'm, I'm unapologetic. There we go. About us being a joy filled people. Now, so it's like, can we get down? Does any, do I get down? Do we all get down from time to time? Yes. But it's not a long term ditch prospect. You know, your destiny isn't to stay in the ditch. There's hope. All of this, Paul's writing from jail. So again, the fourth thing there then is God is calling us to joy in the progress of others. And finally, he's calling us to joy in persevering with others. That's where we we keep going. Whatever happens, live in a manner, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel. And I'll note, so the gospel is all those things that go with newness of life and the freedom and the forgiveness and the love and the joy and the peace and the hope and all of those different things. Conduct yourselves in that way. His life. Let that be seen in and through you. That's the manner. Stand firm then as one man, one spirit, contending as one man for the faith of the gospel. Now, this unity thing, and I'm going to go ahead and let the cat out of the bag a bit here on the end of this letter. It kind of builds up to chapter 4, and he says, and tell you, Odia and Syntyche, to get along. They're my loyal fellow workers. Please help them get along. They were having a fight. And so they were, they were, they were against each other, and it was creating division in the church there in Philippi. So now he's given one of these first early exhortations, and he says, stand firm together. 
Be one together. Lock arms together. This is in the image of the triune God for us to keep turning toward one another. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit turn toward one another from all eternity. It's in the image of God for us. When, we, when something happens, we don't just, because our flesh wants to, bolt and leave. Any witnesses, right? But in the Spirit, it's turned toward. It's turned toward. Contend as one man. Stand firm together. Lock arms together. Be together on this. Continue working at at what you've been given. Persevere together. And he goes on finally, he says, you know, it's granted not only to believe, but also to suffer. And And I want to be gentle about this because our culture, it is so counterculture to say anything about suffering. And yet Jesus says, Come follow me. And the way is, we're going to talk about this next week too, it's a downward journey. It's a a humbling, humility, uh, self-emptying is the way of the cross. And so we, we, we give up ourselves for the sake of others. Does that make sense? And in doing that, there is sometimes some suffering. There's things that have happened in my own life that I wouldn't choose if it wasn't for the fact that I was following Jesus. Like those middle of the night, tearful prayers. Lord, can I just, can I hit the eject button? Is there something, you know, just, I'm just, man. And, you know, we just had uh, uh, Chris and Rebecca McBride, uh, Antioch missionaries in just a couple months ago. And, and they were arrested in the Middle East for preaching the gospel. And they were sharing some of their story and, and Rebecca was sharing as they were in the vans, separate vans, on the way to the jail. She said, God, I don't know if I can do this. I'm trying to stand on the rock of Jesus Christ. I don't know if I can do this. And she had a picture of herself standing on a rock, but the storm was coming and she was about to get blown off the rock. And so the Lord kind of reframed that picture for her. It's not just that you're standing on the rock. You are in me. You are, I am completely surrounding you. I've got you. I've got this. And from someone who has suffered, I mean, she had lost her dad and her mom while they were seeing a move of God sweep through the Middle East. Tens of thousands baptized Muslim background uh, now believers in Jesus Christ. But ter- hard, hard stuff going on that they were walking through while all of that good stuff was happening. You know, there are people coming to the Lord, but somebody is laying down their life. And so here again, at the end of this, I'm just calling us together on this vision for joy together, but vision for locking arms when the stuff gets hard. And to remember that maybe it's not hard right now, but maybe there's a time coming where it will be. And to remember, like, I want to bolt. I want to run. No, it's not the image of God. It's turned toward one another. It's stand firm together. It's persevere together. Joy in perseverance. So let me wrap this up this way today. The call for us is to be a community of joy. And it doesn't mean we're being fake. We can go through all of these different things that are hard and we walk through hard situations. We have to persevere, all of that. But it's be attentive to joy. Be attentive to joy. Joy is the culture of love. When love's really flowing, joy's not far away. 
And it may be that we need a call out of the hopeless thing and to see Jesus again and to remember who He is. One of my great encouragements from the past is a guy named George Mueller. George was a, is a, was a, uh, as I said, is because we call him George at our house still 25 years later after reading his stuff. But, uh, but he was a, he ran an orphanage in Bristol, England in the 1800s. And I mean, he was literally trying to feed orphans every day by faith. And orphans, you've ever heard of an orphan spirit? Orphans, not always easy to work with. And yet that's who he's training, teaching, feeding day after day after day. He said his number one thing that he had to do every single morning was to get his soul happy in God. And that has been such a life-changing thing for me. In fact, it's almost like a barometer of how my time with God is going. Have I gotten to the place of joy yet? Is, is there, and, and sometimes I'll feel dry and I've read my Bible, I've listened to some worship music, you know, and, but maybe I'm just kind of going through the motions and I'm like, joy, joy. Is my soul happy in God? And get up, go into the bathroom and, and look. And, and slowly, I, maybe it's just because I look funny in the early in the morning, but I'll slowly start so like, Jesus, I love you. And I praise you. My, my, my dad in the Lord, Don Fento, told me, said, Jamie, you've got a switch and it's right here and, it, and you can switch. You can switch that thing on and it be for the right reason that Jesus lives in you and he's here and we can let him out. You know, and that's what we're that's what we're called to do. Be that kind of people because we've all got situations, other students, other relationships, our parents, our children, something's hard at work right now, these different things, and we're challenged to joy in those things. Just a couple of hands. And so there's a, there's a, there's a process here of finding our joy in the Lord. David, the, the Amalekites came and took the women and children of David and his mighty men, and they were going to kill him. They wanted to kill him. 1 Samuel 30. And David went and he found his strength in the Lord. And that's what we're called to do. And that's why we talk about this so much. It's important. Community is important for fellowship and strength and being partners with others. I can't do it alone. I'm a mess. But, but it starts with me finding my strength in Jesus and, 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 and getting my joy in the Lord and then sharing that with others so that when I arrive, and that Adrian, when you arrive, and just all around this room, Brian, when you arrive, what we're bringing is joy. We're bringing joy to the table, the joy that's from those inner reserves of the life of the Lord. So let's stand up. Let's respond to the Lord. Worship team, come on up. If you're visiting with us, we do this at the end of every service. We just take a little time to respond to the Lord. And, uh, you know, again, there's so many diverse situations I know that are that are going on right now. But if there's a place where you are being challenged to just in your own relationships or work or whatever, family stuff, to find your strength in the Lord, to find joy in the Lord, that's where you want to get prayer. And this is one of those things like, man, pray for me. Just, just, I, I think we all want prayer that we could find our walk in the Lord strengthened this morning. So I'm, I'm just I'm encouraging us. We're going to pray. We're going to take some time here. And you can come to the front or you can also get prayer from somebody that you came with. And uh, let's pray. Let's, let's, let's believe even right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, release 
heaven in our midst here. Just the love and the joy, the blessing of just whatever the mountain is that we're facing, if there's some kind of hopeless situation, Lord, bring hope right now that there is joy out there on the other side of this trial. Bring encouragement, just even that we're getting from Paul, that he could rejoice in prison, that he could rejoice at the thought of being with someone, that he could rejoice because Jesus Christ is being lifted up, that he could rejoice in the thought of persevering to the very end. So Lord, give us that grace. In Jesus' name, amen. So, all right, guys at the front, you got to smile because this is, you're praying for joy. All right, let's go. Get prayer. Press into God. Amen.